You are now listening to the Black Not Democrat Podcast. And I'm your host, Drop Squad 52. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. So let's get started. That's right, folks. You are now listening to the Black Not Democrat podcast. And on this episode. Want. What do you want for your people? I'll be honest, I'm, I'm here today because in my country, with the, with the hurricane that we had, it's kind of terrible. And we got a president that he's not helping the population. And we're in a bad, bad situation. I'm coming from way, way far away from Broughton. And I'm Where is your to, family? My family, I left them home. I know they're kind of rubbish because I don't have no internet so that they can check me and see what, how we're doing. And I'm here today because I'm dreaming to get to the U.S. What is happening now with the pandemic? Well, the pandemic, it's messed us up a lot. I used to work tour guide, tourism, and we, on the island, we're not receiving no tourism. because from, from Roatan. I'm from Roatan. Born and raised, Islander, and that's where I will live. What do you want for your people? What I want for my people, I just want patience and peace that we can get to the U.S. because they're having a new president, where's Biden. He's going to help all of us. He's given us 100 days to get to the U.S. and give us legal mental paper so we can get a better life for our kids and family. That's right, folks. This episode... Crisis at the border. Yes, folks, the media is starting to pick up on this story and they have questions. And the questions are about the unaccompanied children, minors who are now appearing at the border. We have been here before. Trump had it under control for one entire year. He had agreements with Mexico. He had agreements with those countries to stem the asylum flow. But guess what? Joe Biden, on his first day in office, signs an executive order to allow children unaccompanied to enter the United States while the so-called parents that were bringing the children across were no longer allowed in the country because of COVID restrictions. But the children... All children were accepted. And because of what Joe Biden said, you just heard that that migrant. You heard what he said. Joe Biden said, get to the border. So now Joe Biden had to appear on ABC News and clear everything up. But this is the reason why the Democrats want these children. Please listen closely, folks. This is from the documentary Frontline PBS trafficked in America. Hired by Trillium Farms. At least 10, they determined, were victims of trafficking, including eight minors. And the U.S. Attorney's Office says its investigation is ongoing. I mean, how could that possibly happen? 
the more we learned about it, the more it became apparent that there was a connection back to our immigration policies and how the Department of Health and Human Services deals with kids who come here unaccompanied. What makes this Marion case even more alarming is that a U.S. government agency was actually responsible for delivering some of the victims into the hands of the abusers. How could the federal government take these kids in, try to protect them, and then as they send them out to families, you know, pending a court date, give them right back to the people who had brought them up here? Here's one of those homes. This is a trailer. Senator Rob Portman was chairman of the committee that investigated the failures at the Department of Health and Human Services, the agency that released the boys to the traffickers in Ohio. The more we learned, the more troubling it was from a federal perspective, because no one seemed to want to take responsibility for it. What is everybody's doing is doing this. Out the door, we're done. We've got these kids. They're here. Uh, they're living on our soil. And for us to just, you know, assume someone else is going to take care of them and uh, throw them to the wolves, which is what HHS was doing. Now, folks, I must make this clear. What you are listening to congressional hearings that was senator rob portman this took place that's right folks under the obama biden administration in 2014 that's right folks donald trump put an end to it and now joe biden or as i like to call it the obama biden remix also known as the third term are reversing everything back to the way it was so let's continue to listen the front line remember folks back in 2014 we already know what's gonna happen but let's listen is is flat out wrong i don't care what you think about immigration policy it's wrong the hhs division responsible for placing the teens declined to be interviewed they told the committee they had strengthened their procedures to protect children but the committee had found over a dozen other cases of trafficking related to the surge and said it's impossible to know just how many more victims there are. It was not just the Ohio egg farm case. There were other cases in which multiple children were placed with sponsors in homes where they were subject to human trafficking, sexual abuse, and other severe forms of abuse and exploitation. More than 180,000 unaccompanied minors have been placed in communities across the country. But because there's so little follow-up with them once they're out of the government's care, we have no idea what's happened to them. During our investigation, we found that some of the unaccompanied minors ended up in small towns across the Midwest, like here in Clarion, Iowa. So we were getting like kids like every week. They were coming from all over the place. And most of them, just random people bring them. And they can say, they're my cousin, they're my uncle, they're my aunt. And then they say, well, he's not my real uncle. They just tell me to say that. They come to school, but they they can't function because they're so tired. And you ask them, why are you so tired? And they don't respond. And then you keep pushing and pushing. Okay, I was working, I'm working, I have to work. You don't understand. I have to work. They always say they're in, they're in debt, that they help. That's why they're working. Berta Alberts works with immigrant teens and says many of her students have told her the only way they pay off their debt is by working long shifts at nearby food processing plants. 
We spoke with some teen workers, but they were afraid to go on camera. Finally, one agreed if we concealed his identity. I don't want to return. It was very cold. And the carts would take out the cooler were heavy. The machines are very sharp. And if you're not paying attention, you put your hand in and it will cut everything. We were working and working. We thought we were going to leave at 10 p.m. That's the time we leave, but the supervisor came and said, no, you can't leave at 10 because we have a lot of work and we have to get the order out. They told me I couldn't leave until midnight. When you say they told you you couldn't leave, like how? Would they close the door? Yes. The contractors can make you do whatever they want. And the contractors knew that you were all minors? Yes. Sometimes when you would see others, would you talk to them? Did they know how you felt? Yes, but since they have debt, like I did, they can't quiet because they have to pay that debt. That's why they continue to work there. Even though they want to quit, the debt pushes them to work. To date, we found no one in law enforcement who has investigated or intervened here. And people we spoke to said they'd heard of at least 30 teens working in plants in this area of Iowa, paying off debts, working long hours, unable to leave their jobs, just like the teens in Ohio. In the months after the raid at the trailer park, six people were arrested, among them Aroldo Castillo, the Guatemalan trafficker, He pled guilty to forced labor and was sentenced to 15 years in federal prison. The people charged in this case, they work as a team. So there's leaders, then there's what you would call sort of taskmasters, the the people who actually oversee uh, the slave labor. Um, And and then there's individuals who recruit and transport uh, them. And they all have different roles. Some are, are more culpable than others. After the initial arrests, prosecutors continued looking for bigger targets. The FBI and uh, the Department of Homeland Security, they're continuing to investigate the case, and we will follow the facts wherever they go. We also wanted to know who else was responsible. Our reporting led us to focus on a key player in the Ohio operation, a man who worked with DeCoster and then Trillium. His name is Pablo Duran Sr., and his company had a multi-million dollar contract with Trillium to supply workers. I can see how 
some of these employers are put in the standpoint, you got no labor or whatever, and Pablo Duran shows up and says, hey, I can fix your problem. And it's probably a situation where they're sitting there saying, you know, I'm not gonna look too deep into anything. I went out questioning people and saying, hey, are you documented, You're not, you know? Non-die, you know, I mean, why go to that standpoint and destroy your own business? Pablo Duran Sr. left town after the raid, leaving his family behind. His son, Pablo Jr., pled guilty to running a crew that included some of the teens, but he wouldn't speak to us. We found his younger son, Marco, He told us about the day his brother was arrested. I didn't hear about anything until the week of 4th of July. I called my brother, and I'm like, hey, I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, oh, I'm getting processed. I'm like, what the hell do you mean you're getting processed? He's like, I'm getting put in jail. I'm like, what you do? He's like, dude, I don't even know. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, they said they had a warrant, and he's like, I'm turning myself in. And I was just, I was so... I was shocked. And then I came home and my mom, tears, showed me the article saying human trafficking. And I was thinking, I'm like, when did this happen? Like, I, I thought for a second my brother was living like a double life. That on one side he was the good family man we thought, and then the next he was doing very bad things, you know. And then come to find out, he was doing his job, you know. Pablo Duran Jr. ended up spending 14 months in prison. But Marco says his brother was just following orders from their father. My dad was the main boss, so my dad pretty much owned all crews, but that was the crew that my dad gave to my brother. Marco says he also worked with his father at Trillium when he was in high school and when the Guatemalan teens were there. I remember when I was working there, uh, my dad stopped by because he was one of the you know lead guys. And he stopped by and he pulled me aside. He's like, you need to look around. He's like, these young people, you know, younger than you. He's like, these people come from poor countries and they're working harder than most people that were born here with the citizenship and, you know, all those rights. My dad. That's right, folks. Remember, that was in 2014. This was the policy. Once they made it to the U.S., most were detained by the Border Patrol. At the time, the boys were among tens of thousands of unaccompanied minors from Central America who were fleeing violence and poverty and coming to the U.S. in record numbers. They were turned over to the Department of Health and Human Services, whose job it was to place them with a relative or an adult sponsor. But HHS was overwhelmed and began to relax their standards for vetting. First, the federal government decided to stop fingerprinting all these most of these sponsors who were coming in to claim children. And then, over a period of months later, they decided to stop requiring that sponsors submit original or certified copies of their birth certificates. And then finally, they stopped requiring FBI criminal background checks for many sponsors. Castillo took advantage of the chaos. He had accomplices in Ohio waiting to pose as sponsors for the boys. So in the summer of 2014, HHS began releasing the teens and they were brought to Ohio to trailers owned by Castillo. See, folks, this is what our media 
does not go in depth and show because it doesn't put the Democrats in a favorable light because we, we must remember that this wasn't a problem under the Obama administration. So let's listen to Barack Obama back in August of 2014, as he explains the crisis at his border during the Obama Biden administration. We have countries that are pretty close to us. Chances of children are just far, far worse than they are here. And parents who are frightened or are misinformed about what's possible are willing to take extraordinary risks on behalf of their kids. The surge of unaccompanied children and adults with children uh, are arriving at one sector of the border, and that's the Rio Grande Valley. While we intend to do the right thing by these children, their parents need to know that this is an incredibly dangerous situation, and it is unlikely that their children will be able to stay. All right, that's it, folks. I just wanted to put that out there on the Black Not Democrat podcast that the lamestream media will do everything they can to try to keep this border crisis out of the headlines. The media will find other stories to talk about. They'll talk about the crisis, but will the administration begin to listen? They're starting to hit them. And there are so many, I mean, way too many similarities to the Obama administration back in 2013 and 14. They had children in cages. And right now, children are in cages being held beyond the legal time of 72 hours. So the media is banned from all ICE facilities. The Border Patrol has been placed under a gag order. So at this point, let's see how much the media will press. How much will they press the Biden administration to allow access to the American people and the people who got questions? That's right, Sleepy Joe. Any questions? You ain't black or you're black, not Democrat. Thank you for tuning in today, ladies and gentlemen. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of the Black Not Democrat Podcast. And I'm your host, Drop Squad 52. See you tomorrow, folks.